So I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. Um, some of you know me, some of you don't know me that much. If you know me, um, if you really, really know me, then you know that I love to find out uh, about people's personalities. I actually had my entire community group take a test because, yes, because I wanted to know um, a little bit about them. Um, don't laugh at me. It's just, it's just it's, I just want to know how they think and how I can, I can, you know, be helpful to them. And it helps me to learn more about people. I'm weird, okay? Yes, I am a little weird. But the thing is, um, I love knowing more about people because I love people. I'm very extroverted. I love talking to people. I love finding out, um, you know, how I can make them happy as part of um, how God made me, I suppose. And so um, when I started to get into this whole, like, personality test, stuff. My husband used to make fun of me, but I kept going. And I found out, you know, I'm not only very extroverted, I'm very, um, I'm very honest. I say what I'm thinking. Sometimes I need a filter. I don't have one very much. You know, I'm getting better. Um, trust and honesty are very, very important to me. You know, like I am very loyal. I thought it was a Peruvian thing, but then I found out it also has to do with my personality. So, that's hard. Um, but to me, also, part of um, my personality is it's hard for me once that trust has been broken. Since I, I value so highly honesty and loyalty, um, I found that when I'm hurt or when that trust is betrayed or broken, it takes me a really long time to trust you again or to forgive. And I'm not saying this proudly because this shouldn't be, right? Um, as a Christian, there's, there's things that we need to work through even if they're part of our personalities. But I did find that about myself. Now, I'm very glad that God loves us as we are, but he doesn't leave us the way that we are, right? And see, um, I began to see and understand that God had allowed many things and many circumstances in my life um, of hurt and offense and um, just pain by people that I truly cared about because he was trying to teach me something. I found that God was trying to teach me to forgive the right way. And see, me, Paula, Naturally, I, maybe I should have been a lawyer or something, right? Because I like justice and I like things to be right. And I don't like it when people lie or when they, when they talk about somebody, when somebody's falsely accused or things like that. Just, oh, it's hard for me. It's really hard for me. I don't, I don't like it, you know? And, and, and when I'm hurt or offended, I really want it to be fixed. I want my apology. You can ask my husband. I, you know, I want my apology. I want the truth to come out. I don't want things to just stay that way because it doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel right. So the truth is, I am a mess without Jesus. This is where this is, where this is going. But I am so glad that God began to open my eyes to let me see that bitterness and unforgiveness is truly a prison in itself. And the one who's in the prison is me. <laughs> Sometimes we think that if we hold on to that, we're doing something to the person that hurt us, but really the only one who's getting hurt is ourselves. We are the ones um, deteriorating our soul 
and really hurting our own hearts. And I was holding myself back from living freely and walking into everything that God had for me. And so tonight, I would love to be able to look together at what it really means to forgive. And what does the Bible tell tells us about this and why is it so important? And the truth is that how we react to offense determines how we live. Many people can do things to you, but we choose how we react. You can be hurt, you can be offended, but you have it in you to choose how to react to this. We don't just have to let go of our feelings. No, we, can, we have a way that is the right way to do this. And the Word of God talks about this. So I want to read a verse with you, and it should be coming up behind me, in Romans 12, 14 through 21. And it says this. Bless those who persecute you, who cause you harm or hardship. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with humble people. Do not overestimate yourself. Never repay anyone evil for evil. Take thought for what is right and gracious and proper in the sight of everyone. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave the way open for God's wrath. For it is written in scripture, vengeance is mine and I will repay. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. And by doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome and conquered by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let's quickly pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your word tonight. And God, we, nobody wants to hear what I have to say. I want to hear what you want to say, God. And the truth of the matter is, is that your word is the only one that brings freedom into our lives. It's the only one. It's the only thing that matters, Lord. And so tonight, um, have your way. Lord, speak. Speak into our hearts. Speak into the areas maybe that we haven't allowed you to come in, God. Open our hearts to you, to your word, to your presence. Lord, we thank you for your presence here tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, just looking at this verse, I think we can all agree that this does not sound like our culture, does it? What does, what does the culture usually tell you? When somebody hurts you, hurt them back. Get revenge, girl. Don't let them. You know, like that's the thing that you hear. If somebody gets you, get them back. If somebody hurts you, hurt them back. Feed your enemy? What? Don't retaliate? What are you talking about? Never pay evil for evil? It doesn't seem right. It seems like you're just waiting for people to hurt you. And if you don't defend yourself, they're going to hurt you some more. It doesn't feel right. Because, because we are used to thinking this way. And maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking, you have no idea how I've been hurt. You have absolutely no idea what people have said about me or what has been done to me. You cannot tell me to live this way. And I do want to say something to that. 
please hear me when I say that I am not trying in any way to diminish hurt or abuse or pain or betrayal of any kind. I'm not saying that it didn't hurt. I'm not justifying wrongdoing. I'm not saying that it was okay, but I am saying that God sees it. I am saying that he cares. And I am saying that he's telling us that there is a better way to deal with it. That there is a better way. And it does not mean that we take matters into our own hands. Now, I was, um, the part that I was hesitant about is actually sharing, I usually share something personal, right? I try to make this personal, relatable, so that you understand that I'm not just coming up here trying to tell you how to live your life when I don't know what I'm talking about. And the truth of the matter is that I have ample experience in this matter. (laughs) I'm not very glad about that, but in the same way, I am glad because God does his work in very mysterious ways. So this isn't about what happened to me or what might have happened to you, but the truth is that it happens to all of us. And we just, we need to look into God's word to see how we're meant to react. And what happened most recently for us, and I say us because it was me and my husband as well, um, before we moved to Cayman, we were actually in a place that we absolutely loved. We thought we were going to be there forever. We thought that was it. That was the way we were going to be spending the rest of our lives. We thought we were going to be working at this place forever. It would... I had my life planned out. Everything was perfect. I did not want to move. And the truth is that I started to feel that God was trying to nudge us out. We both started feeling that God was calling us out, but we didn't want to listen. We were quite stubborn. But we saw there were some things that we needed to talk to um, our leadership about because we just didn't have a peace about some things. And so we did, we, we did what we thought was right, speak to our leadership privately, just them. And so we did. We did. We, we talked to them. And overnight, what it seemed like overnight, because everything happened so fast, um, through a series of very unfortunate events that involved um, a lot of things being said about our family and a lot of lies and a lot of hurt, um, we found ourselves in a situation that deeply hurt us. We were deeply wounded, and we felt like we couldn't speak freely. We couldn't be honest with anybody. We couldn't really talk to anybody. The people that were meant to protect us were the people that were hurting us the most. And so we, we knew it was time for us to leave. Sadly, it wasn't the way that we wanted to leave, but we tried to leave as peaceably as possible. Now, in the middle of all of this, um, like I said, there was lots of things that were said about us, yes, but to us. And I remember one encounter with a person that I deeply respected and I deeply loved. And, and I was just talking to them. They were, they were already upset because they knew we were considering leaving. And she hit me with a, a sentence that I, I carried with me for almost a year when I even just was here. She looked me right in the face and she said, maybe you should consider that you are not cut out for ministry. And I just sat there and those words just sunk in because she's somebody I looked up to and I trusted and I believed her. I believed her for a minute, for a long minute. 
And I, could start, I started to feel the brutal change in our relationship. We used to be close, and then all of a sudden, we, I was shut out, and I was rejected, and I could feel her disapproval, and I, I did not react very well to that. I was not very Romans 12 in my reaction. My first reaction, I was so hurt and so angry that I became detached. I immediately shut myself in and I became distant and I didn't want to talk to anybody about it because it hurt. Just the thinking about it hurt, talking about it hurt. My first reaction was not to love and to forgive. Everything inside of me wanted the truth to be told. Everything inside of me wanted the real story. Everybody needs to know that we're trying to do the right thing and you're not listening. That was me. That was my, that was my flesh and my nature. I wanted to be right. I wanted people to know that we were trying to do the right thing. But it didn't happen. Nothing was ever set straight. Nothing. We were never vindicated in any way. It didn't happen the way I thought it should. We left in what felt like an absolute loss. And I carried this backpack with me into this new season of my life. And sadly, <laughs> when I arrived here, I arrived straight into a terrible <laughs> work environment, <laughs> a very difficult work environment. Um, again, the leadership was not the greatest. Um, and there was a coworker that made me cry almost every day. It was really rough. I'm not even gonna, like, I'm not kidding with you. I have witnesses. And, you know, it was hard. It was hard. The first six months in this place were hard. But I came with that. See, I brought this hurt with me. And then I was faced with more constant hurt. And I was at the point where I, I would pray and I'd be like, God, are you trying to kill me? Like, what is happening here? What did I do wrong? You know, like, I was like, I must be crazy. You know, like, help me. Jesus, because I just didn't know what to do anymore. I was sad, and I, was, and I wanted to deny it, but I was bitter. I was, I, was, I was letting this bitterness just sit in my heart. And I would deny it, you know? Like, I'd, I'd have few people that could speak into my life, and they'd be like, you know, this is really starting to hurt you. I was like, no, it's not. I am perfectly fine. Obviously, I wasn't. <laughs> But it was obvious. It was obvious in the way that I reacted. It was obvious in the way that, you know when you're, you're angry and it kind of oozes out of you? You know when you're bitter and, you, and a person is, is struggling with something and you, you, know, you come close and it's like, Phew. you can see it, you can sense it, you can feel it. And I started seeing that in myself. And I started saying, this is not who I am. I don't want to be this person. I don't want to be this angry person who is horrible, who, you know, can't get close to other humans because, because she's scared that they're going to hurt her again because I'm scared because I don't, I just, I don't want to be this. And I didn't. But I had to realize that I was still prisoner of this thing because I hadn't let go. And it's not like I was sitting in my prayer time telling God, I'm not forgiving them. No, I was trying to forgive. I was like, Jesus, I forgive them. Just take it. Just take it. Like, I was seriously trying to forgive. And I was trying daily to forgive these people that I was seeing every day that were driving me crazy. And I would walk into work like, Jesus, I love this woman. Bless her. Like, you know, like, I forgive her, Lord. You know, but sometimes I just really wanted to be like, Ugh. 
I wish I had superpowers in my eyes, but I didn't, you know? But I was like, God, I see that you're allowing all of this because you really wanted me to break free. <laughs> I needed to be free from this. In order for me to walk into the next season of my life fully, I couldn't carry my angry backpack with me. I was never going to flourish with my bitterness. I couldn't. An unforgiving heart is not going to let you grow. It's not going to let you move on. You're never going to go and get into what God has for you. When, if you're angry, if you're unforgiving, if you're holding on to these things that people have done to you. And I believe, I see it now, that God was pressing. You know how God sometimes just squeezes you a little so that things come out? <laughs> he was squeezing real hard because there was a lot that needed to come out. He was pressing and he was squeezing me hard because he needed to show me, Paula, you have a problem. You need to stop thinking about the things that were said. You need to stop thinking of whatever was done. You just need to let me deal. And so I started praying. I was like, okay, I, I, the only thing that I know how to do right now is just pray. I would pray and I would cry and I started looking in the word and I was like, I started coming into these verses that I had seen, I'm sure that I've seen plenty of times before, that they took on this brand new meaning. And I want you to look at them with me. 1 Peter 3.9 should be coming up. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do. And he will grant you his blessing. Hebrews 12, 14 through 15. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. And the verse that we read at the beginning said the same thing. Bless those who persecute you. Never repay evil for evil. Never avenge yourselves. Leave it to the Lord. Do not overcome and be conquered by evil, but of overcome evil with good. And so the message that God was trying to get across to me wasn't just say a little prayer one day and hope that it goes away. No, there was a lot more to this process of forgiveness that I wasn't understanding. God wanted me to bless these people. God wanted me to pray for them. God wanted me to offer them kindness. And that was a big no for me at first. I was like, <laughs> no, I'm the one who's hurt. Why am I going to bless them? They need to pray for me that I forgive them. But God was like, no, you're going to do what I'm telling you to do. And I started, I fought it because I was like, God, this isn't fair. Again, me with the fairness. This isn't fair. This isn't what it's supposed to be like. But it was almost one time I remember I was praying and I was literally saying those things to the Holy Spirit because I can be sassy like that. And I just almost heard his voice saying to me, it, it was almost like he was saying, do you want to be free or do you want to be right? Can I be both? No, not this time. This time you need to choose. Do you want to be free? 
Do you want to be able to walk away from this once and for all, or do you want to still hold on to this thing that you think you have the right to be right? I had to relinquish control. I had to stop. I had to stop. I had to stop trying to fix it. I had to leave room for God to do his thing. Just like he says in Romans, just leave it. Stop touching it. Leave the way open for God to do his thing. And I didn't want to because I like to control things. And so I wanted to hold on to this so that I could fix it. But God was saying, understand that if you keep holding on to this, you're going to wreck yourself. You're going to wreck your life. You're going to fill it with bitterness. And you're going to be stuck in this page of your story forever. I didn't want that. I don't want to be stuck in this page of my story forever. There's so much. There's so much more for me, for you. I wanted to be free. The pain that was inflicted, the things that were said, the things that were done, it didn't define me. It didn't end me. It didn't stop God's plan for me. People are not that powerful. And it feels like it when you're in it. And I thought that. I thought, they've ruined my life. They've they've wrecked everything. This wasn't the plan. And that, I think that's what made it the hardest. But it didn't define me, and it doesn't define you. The things that have been done to you, the things that have been said about you, the hurt the offense, it does not define you. It does not end God's plan for your life. It doesn't stop the good things he wants to do. It doesn't. It may seem like it. It may feel like it for just a minute, but it doesn't. God still had a plan. He had so much more, so much goodness in his plan. And he used this. Crazily enough, he used this entire situation to show me my propensity to hold on to things. To show me that I needed to learn to trust them and to let go. And so, for weeks after this encounter with the Holy Spirit, I started feeling that, yes, I needed to pray for these people, but I needed to do something. And this was so hard for me because I did not want to do something. I didn't tangibly want to bless them. I just wanted to say a prayer confidently in my house, and they didn't know about it. But that wasn't what the Holy Spirit was telling me to do. And I felt like God was telling me, you need to write them an email. You need to reach out somehow. And I was like, are you crazy, Lord? I don't know how they're going to react. They may may not even respond. They're probably going to tell me I'm nuts. Okay, if this is what you want, this is on you. If this goes wrong, this is on you. And I was terrified. I I wrote it, I deleted it. I wrote it, I saved it. I wrote it, I deleted it. I showed it to my husband, I changed it. I was like, I can't do this. So one day, I was like, that's it. I'm just gonna do it. And I just hit send, and I closed my laptop, and I left it. I left it. (laughs) I had no idea what the response was gonna be. I didn't even know if there was going to be a response. I knew if they were going to see it. Maybe they saw my name when they deleted it. I didn't know. I had no idea what it was going to be. But that wasn't my responsibility anymore. I did my part. I did what God asked me to do. See, and I want you to get this as well. Their response was not what was going to bring me healing. My obedience to the word of God and doing what God was telling me to do 
what was, was the thing that started my healing. They could have written me back, yelling at me, and I still would have been like, that's okay, baby, I already did what I had to do. The, whatever happens next, that's on you. But I, the only thing that God asked me to do was write them and tell them that you love them. <sighs> Girls, that was hard. Tell them you love them. Tell them you honor them for everything that they did in your life. Tell them that they have been a blessing, that you've learned so much from them. I'm, I was typing this, and I'm like, who am I writing? You know, <laughs> like, but I, I had to do it. I had to honor them, and I had to bless them, and I had to go big. I had to do it. And I, I kid you not, after I did it, it wasn't like a boom, like a magical thing, but I, it, just, just the very fact that I did that, the next time I went into prayer, I just started feeling such release. And I just, I just kept praying for them, and I just kept praying for them, and I kept blessing them, you know, and I would see uh, stuff on social media, and I would be like, oh, that's beautiful. Like, I, was, I would make myself be extra nice all the time, because... I began to understand that as I did good to them, God was healing me. And it was for my good that I needed to do that. And I love the way Luke 6, 27 puts it. It says, to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. <laughs> do good to those that hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, Offer them the other one. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt. Give to anyone who asks, and when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. If you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners lend to other sinners for a full return. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great. And you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate, just as your father is compassionate. So what does he tell us to do? Very clear. Do good to them. Bless them. Pray for them. Do good to them. Bless them. Pray for them. This might sound like too much. Like maybe somebody's hurt you so terribly that you cannot fathom doing this. You cannot fathom thinking about this person without wanting to punch them. You cannot fathom trying to forgive them, far less blessing them. Yes, it's a lot. But you're not meant to do it by yourself. See, this is where Jesus comes in. This is where his grace is enough. This is where he gives you strength to walk out these things that he calls us to do. You're not meant to be able to forgive on your own. You're not meant to be able to bless your enemies on your own. No, <laughs> you're really not meant to be able to do this on your own. 
You've been to ask him for help and bring it sincerely to him and say, God, I would love to forgive this person, but I don't feel it. I don't want to. Help me. And then you step out in faith and you do what he asks you to do. Now, it may look different for you than it did for me. I'm not saying you have to go emailing everybody who's hurt you. Please don't. Like, I don't know your story. I have no idea what it looks like for you. The truth is that sometimes reconciliation is not possible, but forgiveness is always possible. You can always forgive. You may not be able to go back to the way things were. You may not be able to reconcile. You may never hear again from this person who has hurt you or damaged you, but you can always forgive them. You can always be free, because that's the thing. It would be terrible if our freedom depended on the other person asking for forgiveness, am I right? Because they're probably never going to, or they might never, you know? Or it would be terrible if it depended on them responding positively to you. That's not what he's saying. You're not waiting on their response. You do your part, and everything else is up to God. You do whatever God is asking you to do, and then you leave it up to, up to him. He's going to take it. He's going to take it from there. Maybe the only thing that you can do is just start to pray and just pray a blessing over them. God, I forgive them. I sincerely do. And I pray that you would bless them and you help them and that they might find you and that you bless their families. Girls, I've prayed these prayers for the past two years over and over. And there's days that it still hurts. There's days that the enemy still wants to bring it back and he wants to tell me, you're not done forgiving. You still have things. I have things, but I'm done. I have forgiven. I am going to keep blessing these people. Even if I see them again one day, I'm probably going to try and give them a hug. If they shun me, that's okay. But I'm going to (laughs) try because I want the freedom. It's not worth it. It is not worth it. Blessing those who have hurt you is the way to be free. That is the way to be free. And if you look through your Bible, from the very beginning, people were hurting each other because that's people, right? Humanity, that's what we do. We just offend each other and we don't react the best. But if you look at God's people, Moses, his siblings were awful. They tried to take him out. And God gave his sister leprosy and almost took out his brother. And Moses was like, no, Lord, forgive them. He was intervening. (sighs) He's amazing. And then all his leaders rose up and were trying to, you know, take him out again. I don't know what was up with Moses, but he was, he was so nice. Like the Bible says that he was the meekest man on earth. I mean, he wrote the book, but still, you know, the Bible says that he, he was the meekest man on earth. And, and he kept just forgiving and forgiving and always praying for those that were trying to hurt him. And, and standing in the way, God, no, 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 don't destroy them. It's okay. I let it go. God always had his back, and he knew that. It was amazing. Joseph, you've heard about Joseph. Sometimes it's your family. Sometimes it's your parents. Sometimes it's your siblings. Who knows? I don't know. But think about Joseph, his brothers. Like, girls, that betrayal was rough. And yet he didn't hold it against them. He let go. He, he knew he had to keep going. The same with David, his mentor. Saul was meant to be the one showing him the ropes. He tried to kill him. He had him hiding out in caves, running away from him, running for his life. He had an opportunity one time in a cave to kill him in his sleep, and he said, no, I will not do it. I will not touch the Lord's anointed. I'm not going to do it. Let God do with him whatever he wants. And God 
blessed him and brought him up, and he became an amazing king. He didn't take it into his own hands. And our greatest example of all times, Jesus. His entire time on earth, people were doubting him and talking about him. He was on the cross, and people were mocking him. They were telling him, I thought you were the Savior, man. Why can't you get yourself down? Save yourself. They stripped him of his clothes, of his dignity. They hurt him. They beat him. And yet his words to the Father on the cross were these words. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. They don't know what they're doing. And immediately after, they cast lots to see who was going to take his clothes. Father, forgive them. Forgive them. He could have said, kill them. He could have said, erase them. He could have said, do something. Do something. But no. He said, forgive them. And countless others who've understood that there is no reason to hold on to unforgiveness because it only hurts you. It only hurts us. We have to do what he's asking us to do and then leave everything else up to him. There's no hurt too deep that he can't heal. There's no offense too great he can't erase. It all just starts with a desire to be free. It all just starts with the desire to not stay where you are, to not want to fix it yourself, to not want to retaliate, to not want to be God in this situation, and just leaving it to him, and then obeying what he tells us to do. Do them good, bless them, and pray for them. So tonight, I want to pray for you, and I want to pray for me too, for all of us, that we can walk in God's grace and forgive those who have hurt us. That we can just let go and see God work in our lives. That we can continue to move on into the next season of our lives. That we can begin our healing and start walking in freedom into everything that God has for you. So I am going to ask the band to go ahead and come up and maybe they can play something softly behind us while we pray. But... Just right there where you are, just between you and God. You don't have to look at anybody. You don't have to talk to anybody. Just you and God. Just take a minute. You know how this speaks to you. You know if this speaks to you at all. Maybe you have never been hurt. I don't know where you've been living, but maybe that's you. But if you have, and if you haven't yet been able to release this and to trust God with it, maybe, maybe tonight can be a beginning for you. God, I just thank you for all these beautiful women. I thank you that they're here because of you, and I thank you that they love you, God, and they're seeking you. And God, you know that we want to do what is right, but sometimes it's so hard on our own. It's impossible on our own, God, and forgiveness is not something that comes easy. And so we pray, Jesus, that you would help us to be like you to bless those that hurt us, to pray for those that wounded us, to do them good, God, to love our enemies, to walk that extra mile and love them, God, like you would have loved them, Lord. 
that we would be able to trust you with the consequences if things are never, never fixed, if nothing has ever vindicated on this side of eternity, then that's fine. We trust you. We trust you, God, that you're bigger, that you're better, that you're doing something, that you're working in us, and that is priceless. We just pray. I just pray for every single woman here tonight that you would embrace them, that they would find you right here, God. And, and as we worship, as we worship, that we would be able to release all of these things to you, Lord. <laughs>